The Washington Commanders have made some good moves to start the new league year, but they haven't taken offensive line off of my top areas of need list coming up in the NFL draft. That and more on this Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, and welcome to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, so please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. So you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there or here or on Twitter at dharrison82, and I want to thank you for making this show your first listen or view of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your favorite app store. Our listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps inside the game store. So welcome in. What would a mock draft look like if we solely prioritize needs? That's coming up later today. But before we get there, we have to adjust those needs and that list of needs based on what Washington has done so far, including the arrival of three new potential starters and another backup defensive tackle. Since we last spoke, Washington has signed defensive tackle Abdullah Anderson and now has 73 or so players uh, on their roster with, with contracts, you know, getting settled and, and signed and, and all that stuff. Abdullah Anderson, the latest as of the time of this recording again, new league year has begun. So, Anything can happen at any moment, which is why it's important you come here every single day. Abdullah Anderson, the latest to join the roster, uh, by my last count, puts the roster at 73. Anderson was an undrafted free agent out of the 2018 draft class, uh, toured mostly through the NFC North in his earlier playing days, played with Chicago, played with Green Bay, also played with Minnesota before finally landing with the Falcons in 2022. For Atlanta, he played in 26 career games, but the important thing there is he started in eight of those games, so from undraft free agent to starter uh, in four years, eight games with the Atlanta Falcons, that's really kind of the unique part of his story here. Now, we know the Falcons are kind of going through a major shift. They brought in defense, defense tackle David Onyemata uh, as part of their shift and what they're doing on their roster, which allowed Anderson to become uh, available for the Washington Commanders. 40 tackles and one sack in 2022. So that's the latest signing kind of leads us to uh, where we need to update everything. We need to update the team needs. We need to update the roster. In order to do that, we got to look at the defensive depth chart first. Defensive line, you're pretty solid up there, right? You got Chase Young, who's coming back off that knee injury, should be obviously a lot healthier, uh, barring any unfortunate setbacks, knock on wood. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, manning the middle there, and Montez Sweat on the other side of your of your first round pick stacked uh, defensive line group. Linebackers, you got Jamin Davis, Davis coming into his third season, two years removed. Uh, from being, well, will be three years removed from being a, a number one uh, pick of the Washington Commanders. And then Cody Barton, the new linebacker signed from the Seattle Seahawks, came in, says he's expecting to be the starting Mike. So we've got him penciled in there right now as the starting Mike linebacker, Jamin Davis, as the other linebacker. I know Washington's defense technically is a 4-3 base, so there should be a third linebacker in there. I guess if you really want to throw David Mayo in there, uh, he comes up a little bit later. But really, you know, from what we've seen in Jack Del Rio's progression in his defense, uh, it's a one or two linebacker on the field at a time defense. Rarely uh, is there really three linebackers on the field. But moving to the cornerback groups, you have uh, veteran Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, obviously, and then Danny Johnson, uh, I think, comes in right now as is as the favorite to be the starting nickel 
in the current cornerback configuration. That's going to be an important topic uh, going through the season or through the offseason here as we prepare for the NFL draft and prepare for uh, all the mini camps and eventually training camp. Then the season will be right back around. Uh, looking at the safeties, obviously, you got Cameron Curl. Uh, you got Derek Forrest. Now Bobby McCain being released. Percy Butler, the third safety, I guess, on the depth chart, uh, played a good amount of snaps in his rookie season. I'm sure they're going to look for him uh, to take another step forward. And then key rotational players. And really, these are guys that played at least 10% snaps for the defense last year or are new additions that we expect to kind of be tagged uh, as expected to make some key contributions. Uh, of course, you got James Smith-Williams, and then you've got F.A. Obata, Casey Tuhill, John Ridgway, Fedarian Mathis, who will be returning from his own injury, and then Abdullah Anderson, the new defensive tackle signed uh, from the Atlanta Falcons. You got three DNs there, three D tackles. I mean, honestly, that is probably your defensive line group, and that's a really hard group uh, to crack, and there are more on that here in just a little bit. Linebacker, I, that's where I put David Mayo as kind of as a key depth player. Uh, again, if you want to consider him that third linebacker, so maybe technically a starter in a 4-3 base, uh, by all means. Defensive backs, Jeremy Reeves, Christian Holmes. Jeremy Reeves, more of a strong safety type, obviously the all-pro special teams contributor. And then Christian Holmes, who uh, did well, kind of got you know uh, messed up here in, in a game and kind of they, they kind of worked back on his uh, workload there because of that. But Christian Holmes, certainly an important part of what's going on with the Washington Commanders defense. So those are your starters. There's your depth. As, as I see again, maybe I'm sleeping on somebody. You want to correct me uh, on that? By all means, drop them in the uh, the the comments and let me know who I'm sleeping on. Uh, if you think I am sleeping on somebody. So for me, as I look at this this defense now, here are my needs moving forward. And again, there's still wave two of free agency that we're in right now. That's where uh, Abdul Anderson comes in, and you still got another you know month or so, give give or take, uh, you know about a week of of time before the NFL draft comes around. So there's still time for a lot of things to potentially happen. We'll continue to update these as it fits. But this is our first update in the offseason. Again, a lot of things happening here in the last week or so. So looking at the needs, for me, I've got corner as the number one need on this defense. And I know maybe it's not the thinnest position on the defense, but I think it's the most important. And the interesting conversation here that I think we're going to dive into more, much, much more later on, hopefully this week, if not at some point in time, is whether or not the commanders need a nickel or they need a perimeter corner. And really, that's all going to depend on what happens with Benjamin St. Juice. So Benjamin St. Juice was a perimeter corner his rookie season, being cross-trained or trained, you know, if you want to call it that, to be a nickel in his second season. But then because of necessity, William Jackson struggling, some other things, Benjamin St. Juice gets moved back outside, does what I think is really, really stinking well until he gets injured. Uh, Danny Johnson actually steps up pretty well. Uh, as as the as the nickel and overshot wild goose got in there a little bit benjamin st juice ends up injured and i think you saw the drop off pretty significantly so to me right like just looking at it right now to me i want to leave benjamin st juice on the perimeter so when i talk corner i'm actually talking nickel corner but if you think ben or even kendall fuller who has experience is going to move inside then you're looking for a perimeter corner and that's obviously going to impact how you view the draft board and the draft options uh, available that's going to come up here in just a little bit number two need on the defensive side of the ball, I look at defensive end. I know, again, you've got Chase Young, you've got Montez Sweat. James Smith-Williams did a really good job filling in for Chase Young. Casey Tuhill did a good job in his role. F.A. Obata has, has flashed. But what I'm really looking for is you got Chase Young and Montez Sweat both playing on expiring contracts. Um, Chase Young potentially not if they pick up his fifth-year option. I don't think they're going to pick up his fifth-year option, so I'm operating off that until I'm wrong. And if that's if they pick up his fifth-year option, then maybe that'll be part of our next shuffle, right? But until then, 
you're going to need at least one new defensive end next year. And I think you're going to need one because I think Montez Sweat gets re-signed. I think you bring you need to bring in uh you need to bring in a new defensive end because if Chase Young doesn't live up to the draft billing or the money that he's going to want, or heaven forbid, knock on wood again, he gets injured. That's going to be a situation you have to deal with. So you want to do that a year early. You don't want to wait till you absolutely have to have it and try to go get it. So defensive end is number two. Then I have linebacker again. I'm kind of a minimized position in this system, but you don't know what Cody Barton is going to be. You know what you want him to be, but you kind of know where Jamin Davis' trajectory is on. You, I want to bring in another linebacker to compete and also to provide a little bit of a safety net there. The other corner, whether it's perimeter nickel, I think you still need to add a guy there. Free safety uh, should be an area to look for depth, strong safety, again, depth, and then defensive tackle at the bottom because, again, I mean, you got John, Duran, Fedarian. Now you have Abdullah in here. You've got John Ridgeway. I think defense tackle is pretty solid. So defense tackle comes in last on my draft needs list. As we stand today with the commander's roster, we'll flip to the offense and examine the much bigger shifts happening there and finalize our draft needs after wave one of NFL free agency. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, then you got to give this game a try. This is where you can put all the what ifs and the hypotheticals that we talk about into action and be forewarned it's not as easy as you might think it's going to be when you play ultimate football gm you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through the seasons and try to build a historic dynasty washington fans know a little bit about historic dynasties the best part is you get to do it your way so if you want a 3-4 defense you can get a 3-4 defense you just got to hire the right coach and be warned it's not as easy to find that right coach as you might think it is you can go 4-3 you can go a multitude of ways from there. Once you find your coaches, it's all about building the roster. Roster players fit certain schemes just like they do in real life. You got to find the right guys or you have to train them to fit the scheme that you need them to fit. Starts with free agency and you start off with the number one overall pick in that year's draft. Ultimate Football GM is fun, engaging, updates regularly with new features and can literally be played anywhere on Wi-Fi, on data or on airplane mode. You can play Ultimate Football GM. If you're playing the game out there, send me your screenshots. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know your strategies so I can steal them from you. Make sure you're also getting that 100% free boost because Locked On Commanders listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in all caps inside the game store. It's Locked On in all caps. So make sure you check it out today. Go to ultimate-gm.com to download the game or look it up in your app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Big shout out to you for making Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. Our mock draft this about mock draft Monday or mock draft this mock draft Monday is coming up. But first, we got to look at the offensive additions made by the Washington Commanders and reshuffle the draft needs as I see them today. So here's your updated list of offensive stars at quarterback. You got either Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. They say there's going to be a competition. I'm going to believe that there's going to be a competition until I have reason to not believe there's going to be a legitimate competition. Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. And by the way, if there's not a legitimate conversation, I think it's in favor of Sam Howell, uh, just if you're wondering. So Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett, uh, starting quarterback. Running backs, I've got Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. I've got them both in there just because they both bring a little bit different flavor to the backfield. Wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel. Tight end is Logan Thomas. Your offensive tackles. Charles Leno Jr. on the left side. I'm plugging Andrew Wiley in on the right side. That's where he's played a lot of football. That's where Eric Bieniemy knows him best. It's where they won a Super Bowl with him. So, again, until 
basically given direction otherwise i'm putting him in his right tackle it's interesting though the washington commanders granted it's an unofficial depth chart anyway don't have him plugged in don't have anybody plugged in uh where i don't have andrew wiley plugged but they do still have sam cosme plugged in as right tackle speaking of sam cosme i'm moving him inside to guard i think that's what the washington commanders are going to do so that's what i'm going to do here andrew norwell uh is still the holdover from last year as the left guard center i'm putting in nick gates right there just because i think he's going to beat tyler larson if that's the matchup chase rulier don't know quite yet what his status is uh coming back from yet another season ending injury just feel terrible for him but depending on his status you know we'll see if there ends up being uh, a camp competition there but for now we're putting nick gates in there so key depth obviously a quarterback you have either howell or Brissett, right whoever the backup is that's going to be a key depth player uh, on this team jake Fromm also in the quarterback room jonathan williams the running back uh is is in is in the uh running back room right that keyed up there deami brown cam sims last i understand from john kime out of espn uh they made an offer to him he's still kind of deciding if he wants to take that offer and come back on that deal or not i hope he does but for right now deami brown look i was excited about dak dax milne uh last year in training camp looked like he was doing a lot of things really just did not you know pan out uh once the regular season got got developed so for me I've, the, the commanders have four really good wide receivers they can they can kind of rely on deami browns at the bottom of that list but i think cam sims hopefully comes back and makes it a nice uh five-man group tight end depth you've got john bates and cole turner i uh, expect a little bit more from cole turner coming back from that injury getting an off season to heal train uh hopefully get a better nfl body um and maybe stay healthy through training camp and we'll see what cole turner can do fully offensive lineman cornelius lucas sadiq charles uh and like we mentioned tyler larson so my needs for the Washington Commanders offense as of post wave one of NFL free agency, a little bit into wave two. Uh, number one need I have is interior offensive lineman. Andrew Norwell wasn't the worst uh, on the line, but he definitely wasn't the best or, you know, that, that you would want either. Not a guy that I think should come into the season with just his starting job solidified. No need uh, to worry or compete there. I don't think Sadiq Charles is going to compete for it. I don't think Tyler Larson is going to shift and compete for it. And obviously Nick Gates plans on playing center. So interior offensive line, looking at a guard uh, specifically to come in here, I think that's the number one. That's the number one position because on the other side you got Sam Cosme, and while I think Sam has been very serviceable, if not you know solid, maybe a little bit above average, uh, he's also been injured quite a bit. So you need to provide a little bit more security for your offensive line uh, there. Then you have offensive tackle. The trenches most important after the quarterback. You kind of have your quarterback situation uh, figured out at least for this year, and kind of what you hope to see and what you want to see. We'll see what the future looks like as we go through. But for now, you're kind of in a position with quarterback where you have who you have. Now it's time to figure out who the best fit is and it, whether or not they can be uh, your future. I look at tight end next. Logan Thomas is getting older. Obviously, John Bates, I think, is a solid number two. Cole Turner had a lot of flash potential early on because of that injury. According to Ron Rivera, didn't really get to pan, uh, pan out and show that too much. So for now, draft based on what you know, not what you hope. And for right now, Cole Turner, a lot of the Potential we saw early on did not turn into production this season. I'm going to draft base off of that, which means we need uh, another tight end. Running back is my fourth need. Wide receiver, I've got a fifth. And then quarterback at six because, again, it's hard to say quarterback is where you need to go because you don't really actually know. I mean, you got Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. One of those two guys is going to come in and lead this team. Uh, you don't know who that is until they get the opportunity, which obviously comes after the NFL draft. So interesting board uh there could be some flips there certainly some room for argument there so if you have different ideas uh let me know Com combining the offensive defensive draft needs now as we get ready to prepare for our mock draft here on mock draft monday number one overall i'm putting interior offensive line 
They've got that higher. Trenches are super important. Number two, I'm actually putting that nickel corner. And I know that a lot of people might be like, you know, that's a nickel corner. It's your third guy. Why would you want them? Well, nickel corners typically also have the ability to play a little bit of free safety. We know the Washington Commanders got rid of Bobby McCain. They have Percy Butler. They have Derek Forrest. They have Jeremy Reeves. You could always use another guy. You can kind of basically draft a guy that can almost play uh, a little bit of both if you train him properly. Third, I'm going defensive end. Again, the contract situations with Chase Young, Montez Sweat, you don't want to wait until the year of the need to go get him. You want to get them beforehand. And look, if you end up somehow bringing back Chase and Montez, great. You always have the need for a rotational guy, a pass rush specialist, or injuries when they happen. Fourth, I've got offensive tackle. You just signed Wiley. You have Cornelius Lucas. You got uh, uh, Charles Leno Jr. I still think you have a need there, but it's not as dire as some of these uh, other needs. I think you still have probably a year or two, uh, if not more, with the combination of Charles Leno and Andrew Wiley. Linebacker got fifth. Part of that was because of the degradation, the position value, and then part of that is because uh, you you have some solid pieces there. David Mayo certainly a serviceable backup as well. Tight end is sixth. Seventh is the other corner, right? And that's where a big part of this conversation goes. If you see Ben moving inside, then seventh is the slot corner, right? Or Kendall moving inside. If you see Ben and Kendall staying outside the way that I do, then this seventh cornerback is uh, is actually going to be your perimeter corner, your, your perimeter corner, not your nickel, right? Running back, free safety, strong safety. Then I've got 11, 12, 13, wide receiver, quarterback, and D-tackle is my last draft need for this season. So with our depth chart reset and our needs reshuffled, how does a mock draft look targeting these position needs? We're going to find out next here on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. But first, today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes. At the time of this recording, two number three seeds have punched their tickets to the Sweet 16 after both Xavier and Kansas State won their Sunday games against Pitt and Kentucky, respectively. Xavier has plus 3,200 odds to win it all, while Kansas State is a little more likely at plus 2,400. Either way, you make some good money if you put 100 bucks or 10 bucks even on those teams and one of them. Wins. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. It's Mock Draft Monday time here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. And again, real quick, just going back over our team needs here. Only going to go over the top five or so. Uh, interior offensive line is my number one team need. Two is your nickel corner. Three is the defensive end. Fourth, offensive tackle. Fifth, linebacker. Sixth is tight end. Seventh is your other cornerback, which would be an outside defender. Eighth is running back. Ninth, free safety. Tenth, strong seat. So those are your top 10 draft needs as I see them again, according to the breakdown that we just went there. Again, if you disagree, let me know why you disagree in uh, the, the the discussion in the comment box on YouTube uh, or hit me up on Twitter or email. Either way, we can have that discussion. So going through a mock draft here following these needs. So again, the priority here, right? The conversation every draft season is, do you take the best player available or do you take a team need? I will tell you that right now, to me, they're one and the same. Your best player available has to do with your team needs. Now here, we're going to kind of prioritize team need above all else. So 
Looking at number 16, no trades in this draft because we already have kind of a, an objective here. Don't want to muddy up the waters any more than we already have. So number 16 uh, overall, who do we need to target based on these team needs? Well, you look at your top three targets. You have Penn State cornerback Joey Porter. We know corner is a number two need. We've also got Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks, and you have Oklahoma offensive tackle Anton Harrison. Anton or Alpha tackles are fourth need. So typically you're going to go with one of the corners, right? Here's the thing. Joey Porter Jr. is an outside defender. Very good at press man, a little suspect in zone. Honestly, uh, reminds me a little too much of William Jackson for my comfortability. That's not really completely fair to him. And I'm not saying the commander shouldn't draft him because what happened with William Jackson, the third, but the, the importance is going to be on how quickly and how well they can get him to be able to defend in zone better than he does or did at Penn State in order to avoid kind of the same disasters that we had uh, with William Jackson, the third, but my corner need is not perimeter corner, right? My number two need is nickel corner. There's no interior offensive lineman available. That's not a, a massive reach at number 16 here. So we're looking there and Maryland cornerback Deontay banks is a big nickel type of cornerback. Now he's a big nickel. So can he play a little bit of free safety? Sure. You can play some range. You can drop him off. You can drop Derek Forrest down of the box. You can do some shifty things with your defense as you need to. And I think that's a good combination to go with a guy like Kendall Fuller, a guy like Benjamin St. Juice. If you want to prepare Deontay Banks to eventually maybe take over Kendall Fuller on that side of things, that's fine. But in the meantime, he can contribute solidly, solidly as a nickel cornerback. So if for those reasons, we go Deontay Banks here instead of Joey Porter Jr. And I know a lot of people I mean, kind of go, whoa, but that's the reason why. I'm looking at this as Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, Staying outside now, it's completely possible the Washington Commanders essentially come in and say, "Who is the best corner available in this situation?" Then let's make the decision. So, if we think Joey Porter has the most upside of all these corners, then we draft Joey Porter. If we're the Washington Commanders and we come into camp, we basically say, "Look, is it going to be Ben moving in? Is it going to be Kendall?" And you could even have a situation where Ben and Kendall are your starting outside corners, and then in sub package, which is going to be a lot, one of those two moves inside. Joey Porter Jr. comes on the field as an outside corner. So certainly possible there, but sticking to the needs board. That's why I had those conversations early on in the episode. We go Deontay Banks out of Maryland, someone who Damian Parson of the draft network and of the new locked on NFL draft podcast, I know thinks deserves to be in that number one, that first round uh, conversation. Moving on out of 47, these 47th overall pick top three targets based on needs, Washington state linebacker day Henley Northwestern edge, Adetamiwa Adabare and TCU guard Steve Avila. And you know I think Steve Avila is a dog. If you've been listening to other mock draft Mondays or other episodes uh, here talking about the NFL draft, you know I think Steve Avila is a dog. Absolutely would love to have him on this roster. But I got to be honest with you, Northwestern Edge, Adetamiwa Adabare, looks like a legit stud to me. I think he's a future star in the National Football League. So if I had my choice, that's who I would go with. And defensive end is our third overall need. But Interior offensive line is our number one need. So because we're sticking to this exercise, we go TCU guard Steve Avila. That takes us to number 97, uh, back end of the third round. Our top three targets based on the needs that we have listed. Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams, Missouri edge Isaiah McGuire, and Clemson edge KJ Henry. Linebacker is our fifth overall need. Defensive end is our third overall need. So here we're going with the better edge rusher. To me, that's Missouri edge Isaiah McGuire. He is our third round pick moving on to the fourth round number 118 our top three targets Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams Maryland cornerback Jacorian Bennett who is much more of a perimeter corner so that would fill our number seven need 
uh, there. And then Old Dominion tight end, Zach Kuntz. Tight end, also one of our needs, number six, but linebacker is number five. So that's where we go, Tulane linebacker, Dorian Williams. So our draft class in the first four rounds, that's how it looks. Maryland cornerback, Deontay Banks in the first, that's your big nickel. You got Ben outside, Kendall outside, Deontay Banks comes in as your big nickel. Derek Forrest uh, and uh, Cam Curl in the back end there. When Derek Forrest drops down as a Buffalo nickel, you bring Percy Butler in there as a free safety, or you shift Deontay and Percy, free safety, nickel, however you want to do it. Second round, we got TCU guard Steve Avila coming in to compete with Andrew Norwell, potentially off the line of Charles Leno, Steve Avila, Nick Gates, uh, Sam Cosme, and Andrew Wiley. Missouri edge Isaiah McGuire comes in, key rotational piece in his first year, potentially a replacement for Chase Young or Montez Sweat, one or the other, depending on who gets the contract in year two in 2024. Tulane linebacker Dorian Williams comes in, probably immediately backs up Cody Barton, plays behind Jamin Davis, all that stuff. But eventually Dorian Williams or Cody Barton, they play behind David, David Mayo as well, could potentially show what he needs to at least be a consistent rotation player or upside potentially uh, come in and become a starter. Doing that, following that method, our number one overall need, interior offensive lineman gets addressed in the second round. Our big, our number two need, nickel corner, is our first rounder. Uh, our number three need, defensive end, goes in the third round. And then our fifth overall need, linebacker, goes in the fourth round, meaning when we come in, into the fifth round, we still have our number four overall need, offensive tackle. Six is tight end. Seven is our other corner, perimeter defender. Eight running back, nine free safety, ten strong safety uh, to address and more. So that's how that mock draft uh, unfolds. There, let me know what you think about the process of choosing needs over best player, or if you agree with me that your best player has to do with your team needs uh, along with talent. Uh, and let me know what you think of the picks. Let me know what you think of the draft, what you would have done differently if you assess any of these needs or any of these players uh, differently. Again, a lot of a lot of assessments here happening on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But that's what Mock Draft Monday is all about. So let me know what you're thinking. And in the meantime, I thank you for making Locked On Commanders podcast your first listener, your first watch of the day. For your second check out, second check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. If you want to join in on today's conversation, again, drop your comments in the YouTube comment section. Hit me up on email at lockedoncommanders at gmail.com or in the DMs on Twitter at LO Commanders or at dharrison82. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders. Till we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.